She's like, Dad, I'm going to become an accountant. I said, no, you're not. She said, Dad, don't tell me what I'm going to do. I go, Zezos aren't accountants. I know for me personally, being in the same house as Dad still, he's just been a huge help and offered some great advice, not only on how to handle different situations, but just who to go to, what should I take notes on. I absolutely love the culture, I love the company. I work with great people, so I couldn't be happier. Hey everyone, it's Amanda Delaney with Gold Bond. With me today is Chef Kate Plummer with Claremont. And we are continuing our Growing Up promo series with some very well-known names in the industry. Today we have the Zezo clan with us. Dana Zezo is the VP of Marketing and Vendor Relations at American Solutions for Business. Megan Zezo is National Accounts for SNS Activewear. And Maria Zezo is an account manager with Fast Platform. Welcome, guys. We're so excited to talk to you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. So we'll just kind of jump right into it, but Dana, we'll start with you. Just tell us a little bit about your story and how you got started in the industry, and we'll go from there, but tell us all about you. Oh my, we'll make this short and sweet. It'll be better <laughs> for everybody. I've been in the industry a long time. I mean, 20 plus years. I think I've been using the 20 plus year line for like five years now or so, but it got all started in college. I was running a prep school bookstore, basically, and got a feel for basically merchandising product and ultimately a vendor hired me. And then from there, it was just a little bit bigger vendor that I went to. And then I went to another vendor, another vendor. So I spent most of my career on the vendor side. And then here most recently had the opportunity to take a position. It was about two and a half years ago with American Solutions for Business, kind of flipping the tables a little bit and exciting to take a leadership role and oversee vendor relations, events, and marketing, which are three very passionate things for me. So it's been great. That's where I'm at now. So you went to the dark side or the light side? I'm never sure if the suppliers are the dark side or the light side. What would you say? I'm going to say light side. (laughs) And I feel bad because now I guess both of the girls are on the dark side. But no, you know, it's kind of funny around the house. And the girls can maybe talk to this at some point. I mean, they used to hear me, you know, I'd swear up and down, I would never be a distributor. I mean, I used to prounce around the house, professing it as loud as I could. I will (laughs) never be a distributor. So I'm eating crow right now, but that's all right, because my stress level's down. My balance of life is the best it's ever been. There's just so many things that for personally for me and where I'm at in my life that are better. When I said that, I was saying, probably referencing, I'm going to try to backpedal here a little bit. I didn't ever see myself being a distributor with a book of business and fighting that fight every day. Being a distributor and being on the leadership team and not having a book of business, but servicing the sales associates, you know, that's my customer today. My customer is the same customer actually that it was when I was a vendor. My teams get up every day to provide product, content, services to improve the life of a sales associate at American. So it's a little bit different. We have allowed freedoms to be pretty creative. So I'm going to go with the light side. (laughs) Well, you're the only one on that side. (laughs) (laughs) Well, distributors say all the time, like, we don't know how you do it as a supplier rep. And I'm like, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you have your book of business. And I 
respect. So Dana, I completely get that. Megan, what about you? How did you get started in the industry? And just kind of tell us a little bit about that and how the relationship with a very already well-established veteran in the industry at that time kind of helped you out or what was that like getting started? Yeah. So I kind of grew up in the industry, as you guys know. And then as soon as I graduated college, I started with a company out of Ohio called Catania. And I did inside sales there for a couple of years. They're a little bit smaller of a supplier. They actually didn't have outside sales positions. So when I wanted to move up in a few years, the Midwest position opened up at Jetline and dad was already the VP of sales of marketing there. So he kind of opened that door and we weren't really sure how that was going to work with working together and if that was the best idea. And it actually was. It was pretty amazing. We actually traveled together about 40 weeks, one entire year, sun up to sundown, same hotel room, (laughs) you know, working out from doing customer meetings, all of that together. So it was actually really fun. And she still talks to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I always tell people that I kind of got 10 years of experience in, you know, two years. So it was great. I learned so much. And then I actually moved up to national accounts while I was at Jetline. And he really helped mold me into that position and taught me the ropes of that. And then dad had actually switched positions to another company. And then I stayed for about another year, year and a half. And then the door opened at SNS for national accounts. And I've been there about three years now. And it's been awesome. I absolutely love the culture. I love the company. I work with great people. So I couldn't be happier about working for SNS. That's amazing. I'm so impressed that you traveled and did all that for 40 weeks with your dad. Like if I do a trade show with my dad at the end of it, I'm always like, we need a week before I can talk to you again. <laughs> <laughs> we need some space. <laughs> but it's impressive. And so Maria, you saw your dad in the business, you saw your sister in the business, and then you joined. So why don't you tell us what brought you in? My backstory is probably a lot shorter, but those without saying grew up in the industry as well. I've been going to trade shows and on these work trips ever since I could walk. Probably we always turned them into vacations while dad worked. So I definitely got to see a lot of the behind the scenes that he was doing on the road. But throughout college, I did work two summers at Performa and their meetings and events team. And then I spent last summer working at American Solutions for Business in their vertical markets and SOS department. And then I recently graduated college and just started with Fast Platform as an account manager in June. Very nice. Can you tell us real fast exactly what, I mean, I know because I looked it up when Dana told me, but what is Fast Platform? Because you're kind of on the service side, am I right? Yeah, so we're more of a service provider. It's basically an automated technology platform to fulfill decorated apparel opportunities. So you have a service provider, a distributor, and a supplier. You guys really do have the full supply and shade down. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We keep hearing these stories about people where they travel with people. And I remember that. I think it was 13 and, you know, walking the expo floor. So when you got in, did you know this is what you want to do? I remember for myself, I was kind of like, I'm never going into this business. This isn't for me. Did you feel a calling for it or one of those, you know, just by exposure, all of a sudden you're in? For me personally, I always knew that I wanted to be in the industry. I know my younger sister, Molly, and I, we always were the little kids walking through the trade show with the bag, getting all the goodies. So we kind of grew up with that. 
I mean, I had the network and I had the connection. So I just figured, let's go for it. What about you, Megan? And did you guys, either of you know really what your dad did for a living growing up? Or you're walking around these trade shows with promotional products. People in my life still after 18 years don't even know what a promotional product is. So yeah, I'm just always curious about that aspect of it as well. I got to jump in there because I remember when Megan first started going to college, she's probably going to kill me, but she's like, dad, I'm going to become an accountant. I said, no, you're not. She's dad, don't tell me what I'm going to do. I go, Zezos aren't accountants. <laughs> <laughs> Hence, Megan's not an accountant. I didn't want to be right on this one, but. I'm so glad I did not become an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, you know, coaching her through and really all the kids, all the girls who are involved in one way or another is, you know, a lot of people will say they don't want to be a salesperson. You know, I was fortunate to grow up in an era or generation that that was a very honorable title. I always swore that on my grave as the last laugh, I would put born a salesman, died a salesman because <laughs> I'm proud of it because I did it my entire career ethically. And that's the difference. If you're a salesperson for the right reasons, it becomes an amazing career because you build friendships and relationships with your customers that are amazing. So it becomes very peaceful inside because of these customers become friends. So I always would work with the girls that it looks like sales, but you're really just helping your friends. And I remember when that moment turned for Megan, when she was struggling, basically just you know, she didn't really want to be a salesperson by the Wikipedia definition. And hence, she's gone on to become, in my opinion, one of the best national account reps I've ever met in this business. And, yeah. you know, it's because she cares about her customers and she works her butt off to make sure they're serviced. And she doesn't oversell them or sell them anything they don't want. She just helps them be successful. I love that about our industry. Talking to people through, obviously, the pandemic and are we selling or are we not? And, you know, I never feel like I'm in sales either. I feel like I'm just helping people grow their business. And I was on the phone with somebody today just asking if I could be, you know, proactive and help them out with projects. I'm like, hey, I'm just here to help you make money. And I think that's the difference between our industry is we help people, like you said, ethically. It's so different than what I traditionally would have thought a sales role is. So I love everything about that. Yeah, he used to always say that we're brand ambassadors instead of sales. Yeah. We're providing solutions for our customers. So that always helped me kind of with the whole sales aspect of it. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Dana, I don't know how much Maria has traveled, but what it was like with Megan when you guys were, you know, different companies and you're not spending 40 weeks out of the year together traveling together. What was it like for you having your daughter flying solo and going to expo for the first time. What was that like? Was that challenging or keeps you up at night a little bit longer? Yeah, it wasn't challenging. I think at that point when we had, you know, gone to different companies, then I think the full father instinct was kicked in. When we worked together, I would treat her just like I was training, you know, a, a sales rep or a national account person, but just at a very high level and not, I mean, high level as far as quantity, right? Cause we were together, you know, you got a 45 minute ride to the airport. Guess what? You talked about what we did in the meeting. How could it have been better? What did we miss? How can we follow up? What should we do? And I was always testing her. 
I mean, really, there's probably tens of thousands of times she should have said, Dad, the meeting's over, shut up. (laughs) But I wanted that opportunity to kind of train. And I was like honing my training skills at the same time. So I would obviously watch her reaction and things like that. And it would help me. It actually helped me a lot too when I was training other reps or mentoring other reps because I kind of knew she would help me. I could watch her body language and say, oh yeah, I probably shouldn't say that or ask for that or demand that or whatever. So the question specifically is once she's at the industry and she's on her own, it was full fatherly instinct. You know, I was like, hey, don't stay out too late. (laughs) Who care for who you're hanging out with? You know, the typical dad stuff. (laughs) I have a question for you as a family. You say that you have a younger sister. Do you have like a rule, like when it's home time, it's home time, or is promo talk kind of extending into the rest of it? And what advice do you kind of give each other for different things? I think that promo talk probably consumes 98% (laughs) of our conversations. (laughs) On a daily basis, whether that be first thing in the morning, late at night, weekends, it's a lot of what we talk about. I know for me personally, being in the same house as dad still, he's just been a huge help and offered some great advice, not only on how to handle different situations, but just who to go to, what should I take notes on, just a little thing. So I think that has been very helpful in the start of my career. Yeah, we never shut it down. So (laughs) all hours of the day. Oh, my goodness. Are your other family members, like you mentioned your sister Molly, like is she involved in promo? Is your mom involved in promo? Or anyone who has to sit at your kitchen table and listen to this? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So Molly has dipped her toes in the promo world a bit. She was right there by my side growing up, all of the trade shows and traveling with dad. She did just do her first internship last year at ASB in the communications department. So that was the beginning for her. She now has her own company. So she's pretty much a distributor. (laughs) She runs an entire Christian faith-based apparel company. So she's doing awesome right now. I follow that on Instagram. I do love what she's doing. That is amazing. You're creating a dynasty here, Dana. How does that feel? They're going to throw me out soon. It's just a matter (laughs) of how much time I got left. <laughs> That's why you had to go to the light side, just so you could like live, you know, prosper there. But it sounds like Molly's coming after your position. Yeah, absolutely. They are ready. That's for sure. And I know, Dana, you bring your wife Shelly to a lot of industry events, so I always feel like she might as well be in the industry, right? Yeah, she does. I'm very fortunate to have married someone who is my best friend. So we travel a lot together. We enjoy being together. And she's always traveled with me. Many times she's saying, no, 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 it's work. And, you know, I'm like, no, but it's just nice to have you there. And so, yeah, she knows the routine in Vegas. She's very independent. So when she does travel with me, she peels off and she goes and kind of explores the town or the city or the resort or whatever and gets some nice alone time. You know, vacation's always been a challenge for us because. All those years of being a vendor and at the national account level and up, as I worked my way into more executive positions, your whole summer was national account events. So if you like, you know, winter vacation, you were kind of screwed. So basically, like Maria, I think mentioned, we would kind of mix in the trip. So we'd go to the national account event 
for maybe three or four days. And then when it was over, we'd stay at that resort or kind of go close and hang out for a few days and then come home. So it was always a way to blend kind of work vacation. And she's always traveled with me. She knows the routine. She's awesome about staying back when she needs to. She knows that not all dinners and entertainment are appropriate for her to be at. But I've always been fortunate to work for companies that didn't have a major issue with it. And even today, I'm very fortunate. American is super family oriented. A lot of the significant others attend our events. And now it's not abnormal. I know earlier in my career, you know, I used to get a lot of sideways looks, you know, you know, why is your wife here? And I just had a different relationship with my wife where I want her there. I'm sure the sideways looks I was getting were people who didn't want their significant other there. <laughs> you know, in my opinion, it was not my problem. So it was awkward, but I never gave in. And ultimately, Shelly's become friends with many, many people in the industry. And it's worked out. So I'm very fortunate. Yeah, she's really the glue that kind of holds us all together. She's definitely the reason all three of us girls are extremely organized. <laughs> She has been extremely supportive of all of our careers. That's wonderful. Part of why I wanted to talk about this is, you know, I'm friends with quite a few people and their parents have come before them. And I personally have just seen more times than I would like to see. Perhaps there's a stigma. Megan, I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but I feel like there's a stigma as far as somebody comes into this industry who their father broke down those doors for them. Or I've heard the term, not with you, but I've heard their term, oh, they just rode on their father's coattails, so on and so forth. And I don't necessarily think that's true, not with any of the people that I know anyway. And Dana, I know that you do love to share your opinions. And I just wanted to come right out and ask you that. Do you feel like there has been a stigma? Or do you feel like it's been more difficult for you, Megan or Maria, to make your own name for yourself, which I know that you have? What's that been like? It's definitely been a process from the start. So coming into the industry and my dad being so big on social media, people have known us since the day we were born and we only met them maybe a year ago. So they've watched us grow up and they know us, but we're just getting to know them. So kind of just making a name for ourselves is kind of a long process to show that, yes, we are our dad's kids and we're so grateful for the career he has created for himself, but we're here to create our own. And I think it's really important to note for other people, like it may have a stigma that it's just been handed to us when in reality, we have worked just as hard to get where we are today. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think I was more nervous coming into the industry because he's done so much. And I was like, this is big yep. shoes to fill, you know, yep. He was speaking about social media. He was traveling everywhere. He, you know, was VP of sales. And, you know, I could only hope to get there one day. But at the same time, I'm so grateful that he has paved the way that he has. And he is so well respected that I couldn't be happier where I am now. So I don't think it really affected us in a negative way. I'm still on presentations where people say, oh, Dana says a player dad. I said, hi. That happens to me at least three times a week. Still. I know. I, I still get the PS. Are you Dana's daughter? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> it's going to happen forever, but we appreciate it. And we're so grateful, you know, for him. So, yeah, for sure. It is kind of interesting. I'm the same way. Like my dad's been in the industry. And so I get a lot of like, I've known you since you were like knee high. And I'm like, yeah, I've prospered in that time. And 
<laughs> so it's kind of like, yeah, I'm different now. I think my favorite moment was when he posted a picture of us sitting in the airport and I have a sandwich like half down my throat and we <laughs> hit the trade show and everyone's like, I saw that picture of you on Facebook. And I'm like, what picture are you talking about? And everyone would pull it up and show me. I was like, fabulous. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> he documented so much of our lives for the last 10 years that everyone knows everything about us. So. Yeah. We'll be like, remember that one time that you had the soccer game? And I'm like, what? Oh, my gosh. That must be so eerie in some way as well of like, you know, there's an inherent privilege involved in like being the daughter of so-and-so just because it's sort of like things are made easier for you in that way. And recognizing it's like kind of like, yeah, but you don't get where you are just because of who your dad is. You guys have obviously worked so hard to be where you are. And so I have a question. How did you feel starting to separate your identity and your, I'm using air quotes here, so forgive me, but like your (laughs) brand separate of your dad's brand? I think we're all so unique in our own ways, but yet we were raised outdoors with dad. So we grew up hunting and fishing and doing things like that. So we're very similar too. But I think for me, it was really the transition to SNS and not working at the same company and, you know, not having that everyday conversation with him about work, things like that. So for me, it was really just branching off, going to a different company, developing my brand and career there and who I was in the national accounts position. So that was really my biggest thing was, you know, switching companies. I agree. I think for me, it's just starting out in a company that is my own in a sense, because it's my own team and people to work with and my own accounts and things in that sense. So I'm still in the process of developing my own brand. It's going good, I think. I would add to that. I think the girls have done an amazing job, you know, creating their own identities. And I think that, you know, you could argue or you could propose the theory that there was some advantage at the beginning. But I think the counter is that you could argue that there's just as much risk because Megan could have last, you know, three years could have been going on a presentation, have people look right at her and go, you're not your dad and failed. So the challenge is, I think that they deserve even more credit because not fair to them, they were held to a standard that they didn't maybe even understand and they didn't fail. They met it or exceeded it. So to anybody who you would say there's an advantage, I say there's equal risk on the backside to fail, and neither the girls have failed. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. It's like, so Dana, did you ever have any moments where people would kind of go to you like, oh, I saw your daughter, and here's things she could work on instead of, you know, going straight to them? Probably not partying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we definitely don't know about it. Yeah, some things I just don't want to know about. Actually, no, I've never. It's amazing and it's so gratifying and satisfying as a father and even as a mentor to the girls is that I've never had anyone come to me and and say anything negative. Now, I don't know if it's out of, you know, I hope it's not out of politeness or whatever, but, you know, people are are pretty bold these days. But 
the feedback I get is always like, oh, I just saw Megan or Megan was in the office or such such. And they always have positive things to say that makes you feel so good as a dad. That's amazing. It's so interesting to me that you were her supervisor and trainer and then you let her out into the world, like let Megan out there. And Megan, you can answer this too. Is there any moments where you're just kind of like, nope, you're not my boss anymore, like not in charge of this? Or Dana, are there moments where you're just kind of like, um, I have some notes. (laughs) (laughs) We would stay up working until two, three in the morning. So there was definitely times I wanted to shut it down. And I'm pretty sure I told them that I was extremely tired and ready to stop working. (laughs) But yeah, I I don't know. I think it was overall like the best thing for both of us. Yeah, I mean, it it just kind of all happened naturally. It wasn't like there was a time where, you know, they passed, you know, check, 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 check. Okay, they're ready to go on their own. And it just kind of happened naturally. And, you know, the minute by minute conversation became hour by hour, which became day to day, which became, you know, few days to few days. And it just so it just slowly, you know, and we still, Megan and I had a big brainstorming conversation today about business. We were both talking industry talk, not specific, say, to our our roles, but about the industry. So you know, I think it's just natural that you watch your kids kind of grow up and you just slowly let go. But again, they're in my life on a daily basis, both of them. So I don't feel like I've ever lost them or they slipped away or anything like that. We always have the chance to kind of reconnect and talk about something if we need to. And I just try now I'm just more, you know, I'm just here for more of the support questions or, you know, what would you do in this scenario? kind of thing. And, you know, I'm happy to be that role. On the flip side of that, do you find yourself too going to Megan and Maria for advice instead of, you know, them coming to you, they've been doing their own thing and they're damn good at it. Do you find yourself going to them saying, Hey, what about this? Or running things by them instead of vice versa? Like it's kind of been before. I say absolutely. The girls might laugh, but I say absolutely. (laughs) Whenever I do a presentation or create a presentation or if I have a board presentation, something like that, a lot of times, you know, I'll let the girls kind of review it. And then I try to articulate what I'm going to say. And they help me make sure that I get my thoughts because I'm a very verbal person. I don't write my feelings or my ideas or my visions down. I'm not a writer per se. So I rely on the girls a lot to let me talk it through. And Maria will say, yeah, don't say that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I don't understand what you're trying to say. So they help me get my collection of verbal thoughts in order all the time. I love how that's kind of coming full circle almost. This is something I've been thinking about a lot as Amanda started this Growing Up promo series. It's so interesting how a lot of industries, like if they're family, it's like the child comes in and works for the parent and then takes over the company and then you have generational things. But this industry is so interesting in that there's cases of you just come in the industry and then you just end up anywhere and everywhere. So in your case, you have distributor, supplier, service provider. What do you think it is about promotional products and the supplier distributor relationship that just keeps bringing in? all dynamics of families. It's the learning curve and the understanding in that they used to use a word like tribal knowledge, right? When you had 
tribal knowledge, you could function within the environment, this being the industry, better. And so the girls had a lifelong understanding of the terms, the words, what the relationships mean, whose role was what. And so that, I think, was huge. I think that's a big part of the battle in getting into any career is that you have to learn this whole hidden world before you can really function well in the world, whatever that is, a lawyer, doctor, whatever it is, you're learning this behind the scenes environment. Sometimes it's politics, not like politics by the definition. It's the what right and wrong type of politics. It's just the words you use, the phrases, the role, everybody's role. I think that when you have that and you learn that, you know, the girls made a conscious decision. Okay, we know this. Could we now function in this environment called the promotional products industry? You know, obviously, Maria and Megan both decided they could. That's what I was able to give them, but I probably didn't give it to them on purpose. They probably just learned it through the proximity to all those conversations. So that is, I think, a competitive advantage. And it's no different. You could draw an analogy of a very wealthy family being able to finance the dreams or the entrepreneurism of their first generation or their kids. They're passing on money. I passed on knowledge or understanding of an industry that helped them kind of avoid that learning curve to some point. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And not only knowledge into an industry to help them with that learning curve, but knowledge into an industry that we talk about all the time. You don't often know exists until you're in it. And I tell people all the time, there's no playbook for this industry. It is so different from any other industry my friends or family talk about, and there's no rule book. So having somebody, having you go forth before and being able to pass down those weird, quirky things that, you know, we need to know in this industry. I mean, that's irreplaceable. Agreed. I want to ask you guys if you have a favorite trade show story you want to share with us as we close out or any of that crazy offline stuff you guys want to spill secrets on. Megan, start with you. Do you have a favorite memory of the three of you or even you and your dad when before Maria got involved? out on the road or at a trade show. What's your growing up promo story that you love? One of my favorite stories was the first summer that Maria was at a show and dad and I were both exhibiting (laughs) at the trade show and customers would walk up and they were completely shocked that there were three Zezos in one area at the same day. It was kind of of funny how it all happened. She was in her internship and dad and I both had booths at this event and it was just People were constantly just shocked of how we were all there at different companies and different times. and But it was nice because we were all able to hang out and spend time together, too. So it's not that funny, but <laughs> Dad might have told your stories. It's like Zezo multiplied, Dana. Everybody knew Dana. And then, bam, there's these two other girls making them do double takes. Yes. Maria, what about you? What's your favorite growing up promo story? I don't know. I can't even think of one. (laughs) You haven't been to Expo yet, have you? You'll have one. (laughs) (laughs) You'll have one, but you can't tell your dad. (laughs) Yeah. I can remember one that was pretty funny. So we were at a distributor event, 
And the girls were there and they were old enough to be able to kind of run around, you know, the resort or whatever on their own. And, but they were not that old. So they were like just old enough to like go to the pool on their own or something like that. So, you know, at a distributor event, you're literally running from education to the show, to the awards event, blah, blah, blah. blah. And like, you know, you run up and you're changing in your room or whatever. And I remember changing for the awards event, which meant my wife and I had to dress up. And I remember saying, where are the girls? And she's like, I I think they're at the pool. I'm like, all right, they have a key and everything. If we leave, she's like, yeah, they're good. I go, they got money. She goes, "Uh, I think so. I'm like, okay. So we have timelines, right? So it's like, we can't miss a beat. And so we go down to the lobby, we're passing like a lobby bar area, but it's not really a bar. It's more like a place to sit and eat and all that. And we're heading down towards the award ceremony. And I kind of look over and I see a fellow supplier laughing and he's like waving me over. And he says, hey, your kids are okay. And I'm like looking at him like, well, why do you know what my kids are? And I look over and there's my two girls and some other kids that they've met, which are probably kids of the event. And the vendor's laughing and they have enough food on this table to feed 20 people. And I think there's five of them sitting there. And the vendor said, oh, don't worry. I taught her how to charge stuff to your room. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I'm going to get you back someday for this. He goes, I know, but it's funny right now, ain't it? (laughs) (laughs) One more, I guess, story, but it happens kind of not frequently, but it's happened a few times. I know we talk a lot about how we don't promote all the time, like who we are, like we don't use our dad as a doorway. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that's our opener when we walk up to vendors and we'll be like, hi, we're Marie and Molly Zezzo. Like our dad is Dana. And we just kind of assume that they're like, oh, Dana. Yeah. Great guy. Love him. Tell him I said hi. But there have been a few times (laughs) where they're like, who's Dana? Like, and I'm like, deer in headlights, like don't know how to react. And we're like, oh, you don't know him? I think everyone knows him. And they'll be like, no. And I'm like, oh, okay. They're like, (laughs) we're just so used to it. Okay. You're trying to be your dad's hype man as he gets older. Yeah. That's pretty humbling right there. (laughs) I think I might've said, Maria, who was the vendor? I'm going to make sure we don't do business with him. (laughs) That sounds about right. (laughs) <laughs> you gotta do a better job there dana <laughs> i'm gonna up my game up your game keep up with the girls <laughs> oh my goodness you guys thank you so much for talking to us i was super excited to talk to you guys megan i've known you for quite some time and dana i've known you for a while i've worked for you i've tried to follow your social media footsteps a little bit and maria well i'm another one that's seen pictures of you for years and years and years so it was really cool to hear that you're also in the industry We love everything you guys are doing and just thank you for sharing your story with us and any final thoughts you want to throw out there? Thanks for having me. It's an honor as a dad to see the girls growing up and becoming very successful, independent women. I'm so proud of them. So it's just been an honor. And, you know, I thank the industry for all the support that they've given me because they knew that my family was on that journey with me. 99% of people respected that and supported that when they probably didn't have to. So my thank you would be for the industry to let the Zezos thrive. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, thank you for having us. This is the first event industry podcast that we've done together with the three of us. So this was really neat to do and we're excited about the opportunity. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, of course, you guys. Maybe we'll do a grown-up promo podcast (laughs) revisit in a year and get Molly on here too. Sounds good. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen Podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.